The Rangers swept the reigning National League champs and looked absolutely fantastic while doing it. I'll break down an undefeated start to the Texas Rangers season and why they cannot afford to let off now. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we're getting into a fantastic, perfect perfect start to the Texas Rangers season. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is completely, definitely for you. To download the game, visit Ultimate Pro ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. Now, let's start with this Saturday game. The Texas Rangers are 3-0, a top the AL West comfortably, well, as comfortable as you can be after three games into the season. The Angels are behind the Rangers at two and one. The Astros are at a 500 team. Oh, struggling those poor Astros. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll get it together at some point at two and two. The Oakland A's are one and two, and the Mariners are one and three. Your Texas Rangers three and zero, leading the American League West and have the best record in all of baseball. One of three undefeated teams, all of which are in the American League. The Rays and the Twins and the Texas Rangers are all 3-0. and oh. Who would have thought that heading into the first um, weekday game of the 2023 season? But the Rangers did it in just explosive fashion in the opener, in a dramatic fashion in the opener, in explosive fashion in the Saturday game where they just completely just destroyed, demolished, humiliated the reigning National League champions 16-3 to with their other ace on the hill. If you had told me heading into this weekend's series or this opening series that it was going to be the Rangers absolutely demolishing the best two starting pitchers on this Phillies team, that would be how they win this one. And their own best two starting pitchers also got... Um, I don't say lit up, but not, didn't have the best starts. I would have really raised my eyebrow at you and thought, okay, um, the baseball script writers are writing a weird one in this one. But 16 runs for your Texas Rangers, six of those coming off the bat of Mitch Garver, who I was just complaining that he was not in the opening day lineup. He comes in in game two and absolutely crushes it. A pair of three run homers that were absolutely shellacked to left field. Also got a home run from Marcus Simeon. We don't have to do that whole thing where we wait until the end of May for Marcus Simeon to hit his first home run of the season. He has started off just as hot as I hoped he would, as has almost this entire Texas Rangers offense from top to bottom. This was a complete shellacking by the Texas Rangers baseball team. 17 hits for them in this one, as well as six walks. Just base runners galore in this game. Literally Everybody reached base that had 
a plate appearance except for Ezekiel Duran. He had one plate appearance and struck out in that one plate appearance and did not reach base. Other than that, everybody got on, even Bubba Thompson, who pinch hit late in the game and had a pinch hit double for the offensive force of Robbie Grossman. The legend of Robbie Grossman continues to grow. A, a man who I have never said a single crossword about, the hero of opening day with his magical three-run bomb and his sterling defense, which I have never said anything bad about um, with him in right field. And a lot of defensive switches in this one. This was just a massive game from literally everybody. Mitch Garver was the highlight reel in this one with his pair of bombs, a three-hit game from Arby, er, from uh, Adoles Garcia and from Nathaniel Lowe in this one, just the one hit from Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but Simeon's did leave the yard, a solo shot to start the game off of Zach Wheeler and uh, Nathan Eovaldi, fine. Fine, five innings, um, 82 pitches in this one. The thing that was concerning is that even even though he only had two walks in this one, he did not throw the amount of strikes that he normally does. 82 pitches and 49 of those were strikes. A little bit erratic from him, but again, it's his first game, so I'll give him a little bit of a pass, especially since the entire offense was just smacking baseballs left, right, and center. Seven for 16 with runners in scoring position is what the Rangers did in this game on Saturday, and that was after going, I believe, five for five in the season opener with runners in scoring position. This is something the Texas Rangers did not do. They did not do the best job of situational hitting in 2022, which led to them wasting a whole lot of their base runners, but the Rangers have not been wasting base runners so far in this season. Um, the Rangers were, where we go? Um, I swear I just had this pulled up where they were with runners in scoring position. Yes, five for five in the opener. So the Rangers absolutely crushed it through the first couple of games with runners in scoring position. Not as much in the Sunday game, a two to one win in primetime. The first primetime night, Sunday night game televised at home by a Texas Rangers squad since I believe 2013, maybe it was 2014 was the last time that the Rangers had a Sunday night baseball game in their home stadium that was in Globe Life Park as opposed to Globe Life Field, which they now reside in. But still, that one was an absolute thriller, more so than this 16-3 to thrashing by the Rangers squad. But again, I want to point out that this was a very, very deep offensive performance, multi-hit games from Robbie Grossman. Even Brad Miller reached base a couple of times. Obviously, the two home runs from Mitch Garver in your seven-hole uh, Josh Smith reached base a couple of times and went from left field to shortstop, which again shows the value of having a Josh Smith on your roster where he can do that if you want to just give Corey Seager the rest of the day off when you're absolutely annihilating a team, um, even one that's as good as the Phillies, which is just a very, very fun thing for the Rangers to be able to do in those first couple games. But this second game, the Sunday night game, was a much closer one and is a Big, big reason why I feel confident about the Rangers being a different kind of team and why this weekend could not have been a, there could not have been a better start than what the Rangers did this weekend to their 2023 season. We're going to get into that Martin Perez performance and a little bit about this bullpen management. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I have played in a long time. I've always thought that I could be a great Major League GM, but as it turns out it's not all that easy. If you've had the same thought or fantasized about managing your own franchise, then go download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect from a franchise 
playing through the seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory. As you build a historic dynasty in a simulation, you'll be responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, manage team finances, scouting and drafting players, manage through difficult personalities and through injuries, navigate your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of the season. Locked On Rangers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to go check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Now, the Texas Rangers won 2-1 to one in Sunday night's thrilling matchup between the Rangers and the Phillies, sweeping that series. Again, the Texas Rangers are undefeated. I know I've said it a million times, but... It just feels extra sweet to keep saying it over and over again. And I will say it until it's not true. Maybe um, as you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, it's not true. But for right now, in this brief window of time, and maybe even on Tuesday, the Texas Rangers are undefeated. And this was a brilliant, very classic 2022 Martin Perez performance, a guy who had a fantastic season in 2022. And people had some questions. Is this the real Martin Perez? Is this really who the Rangers can trust to be this guy yet again? He was an all-star for the first time, but, you know, I don't know if it was if it was really all that repeatable. It just feels kind of fluky. No, this is just who Martin Perez is. He was a guy who was touted as a top prospect and has come into his own, did so in his 10th season in the big leagues last year, or I guess 11th season, has had 10 full seasons under his belt. This was a classic Martin Perez performance. Five and two-thirds innings, just one run, which was earned three walks, seven strikeouts, and eight hits. Yeah, a lot of base runners, a lot of double plays by this Texas Rangers defense, three of them to be precise, one from Josh Young to Nathaniel Lowe, um, one from Young to Simeon to Lowe, and one from Seeger to Simeon to Lowe. A lot of infield defense, which has been improved. I've liked what I've seen from Josh Young in spring training and a little bit in the regular season as well. Plus, we already know what Marcus Simeon is capable of defensively and Corey Seager strongly stepping up in this first season with no shift, despite a little bit more being asked of him. But multi-hit days from both of those middle infielders in this one, including an RBI from Marcus Simeon and the first home run of the season for Josh Young, an oppo taco shot for him, he has been one of the Rangers, the few Rangers in their lineup who has actually struggled a bit offensively. You know, and by struggled, I mean he's hitting 182 with an on base of 308 and a 762 OPS. That home run will definitely help you out there. A pair of walks for the young rookie who really struggled to get some walks in his little cup of tea. Is that cup of coffee? Maybe whatever. Whatever uh, caffeinated beverage of your choosing that he got in 102 plate appearances in 2022. This year, he's already got a pair of walks, half as many walks so far in 13 plate appearances as he had in 102 plate appearances in 2022. I think he's going to continue to have a decent amount of walks this year because that is the kind of guy he is. But Martin Perez absolutely dominating this Phillies lineup, only one run off of him, and again, seven strikeouts. If you had told me that he was going to be the strongest performer in the opening day, the opening weekend series against the Phillies, I would have thought, okay, I kind of buy that. And also this this rotation being set up exactly like I thought it was made me feel very vindicated um, that Martin Perez um, was the number three starter. And I think will continue to be so um, throughout the season, not just 
because it gave gives more time to John Gray and to Andrew Heaney to get ready for their starts, but because I really think that Martin Perez is going to end up as the third, maybe even second best starter on this team when all is said and done at the end of 2023. But this was a great start to um, this season and a really, really great job by Bruce Bochy managing the bullpen in an unconventional fashion, which is very very Bruce Bochy of him. A thing that I found really interesting is Brock Burke only being used for seven pitches, two thirds of an inning, and he faced three batters. One to finish off the sixth inning, then got the first out of the seventh inning. And then in comes Jonathan Hernandez for an inning and two thirds. He does not allow a single base runner. And then Will Smith on in the ninth inning against a couple of very, very tough lefties to get the save, his first of the season, the first for any Ranger of the season, and just a really nice way to come out and in this one, a series sweep against the reigning National League champions. A great, great moment for them. But I want to go back to the 13th the 16 to 3 win and talk a little bit about Dane Dunning, who came in as a guy who I thought was going to start the season in AAA. I thought that he was going to be in the starting rotation there, and I didn't think that he was going to factor into this Rangers bullpen, but he came in and got three quality innings of shutout work in relief, a hold in that one, I believe his first major league career hold, one of the first times that I believe he has come out of the bullpen in his major league career, but three drama-free innings, just mopping it up, just mopping it up, just like a a... Mopper. I don't know. I have nothing creative um, to say about um, uh, the mop-up duty that he did, but it's not sexy. It's not, um, you know, fancy, but on winning teams, you occasionally need guys to just come in, give you those innings, and not be not be dramatic about it. And then in comes Taylor Hearn for the final inning of work to close out that ninth inning. Did not allow a single hit, just allowed one walk and a strikeout and a zero ERA. Same for Dane Dunning. Three innings of scoreless work while the Rangers offense continued to pour runs on and on and on, including six runs in the seventh inning and three runs in the eighth inning. This team, it seems early, is a big fan of the big inning. I am also a fan of the big inning uh, or just getting a crap ton of runs at any point in the game. Honestly, if you can score 16 runs, I don't care particularly when you do it, you're going to win more games than you lose. I know that seems like an outlandish thing to say, but if you're scoring 16 runs or if you're scoring double-digit runs in two out of three games, that's a pretty good recipe for winning baseball games, even if your $185 million ace doesn't quite get you through four innings and doesn't quite look like himself, or if your number two starter who... um, is very highly touted and on his day looks absolutely fantastic. Um, it's only able to get you five innings and gives up three runs. You're still dropping a 16 bomb on the opposing team. I don't care who you're facing. That is going to get you the win almost every single day of the freaking week and twice on Sunday, um, except this time it was just once on Saturday and once on Sunday. But the Rangers are winning in different ways. They are winning in comeback fashion on Friday. They won in just blowout fashion on Saturday and won in a tight, tight game on Sunday. Coming up, we're going to look at a little bit more of Bruce Bochy's hand on this team and some early season encouraging stats for this Texas Rangers squad. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. 
The Build March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote on your favorites. Um, you know, when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entering a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will win a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to have Built's best bars and puffs or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You have got to try Built. Built is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, they are so freaking amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but I promise you, they are. What makes Built puffs and bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Now this Texas Rangers squad is winning big, they are winning small, they are winning in dramatic fashion, they are winning in undramatic fashion so far. I know it's just three games into the season, it's easy to freak out, and you know what? You should. You should freak out just a little bit. It's been a long time since this Texas Rangers team has been so fun, has had this many, as high of expectations, and has delivered in a meaningful way. It's the first time this team has been over 500. Um, the opening day win was the first time they've been over 500 since uh, I believe it was the middle of August of 2020. So it's been the hottest of minutes since this team has been winning and fun and had realistic expectations. In 2019, they were fun and scrappy and, you know, they were kind of, you know, rolling with the punches in 2018. Not so much. 2017 did not go super hot. 2016 is the last time this team made the playoffs and, uh, if all goes right for this Texas Rangers squad, hopefully they will be ending that drought right now. According to baseball reference, they have a 19.9% chance to make the playoffs and a 0.3% chance to win the World Series. So look out if you're going to you're going to look for those odds. Um, that's that's pretty decent. Um, that's pretty decent for this Texas Rangers squad. Um, but this is a fun time to be a Texas Rangers fan. I know it is early and it's easy to freak out and maybe none of this early season greatness means anything, but you know what? Why would you lean on the pessimism side? It's been so many years of earned, deserved pessimism for a Texas Rangers squad, but right now things feel different. The Rangers have a new rotation. They have a very, very deep lineup where everybody is just kicking butt. The bullpen is being used intelligently. They are being used in specific situations, and they are thriving in those roles so far. And even defensively, this team is making a lot of different defensive shifts. I don't love how much time we are seeing Robbie Grossman in right field, um, but the Rangers are making these defensive changes at the end of literally every single game. They have made a defensive change, at least one defensive change in the outfield, usually just moving Robbie Grossman off of right field because he does not have the arm for right field, even though the Rangers are wanting to keep him out there for a little bit. But it, I, that is one thing that I really love and I think is super underrated because there's no there's no limit on the amount of defensive changes you can make in a game. There's no limit. There's no reason that you can't or shouldn't um, make defensive changes. You don't have your best defensive alignment out there and you're winning and it's late in the game. And if it's you've got you're trying to get some big bat in there just to put him somewhere like like, I don't know, some elite offensive player like Robbie Grossman, you just like can't get him out of the lineup. And um, you got somebody over in left field and Josh Smith where you're like, eh, he's fine defensively. Um, but, you know, we we could use a little bit of an upgrade um, because we like his bats is at bats and we want to kind of change things up. Maybe we want to put a, a Travis Jankowski out there um, in left field and then 
or maybe put him in center and then move Robbie Grossman to left field and Adoles Garcia to right field and just make those shifts. And they have done that every single game, whether they're up by a bazillion. Granted, more of those, I think, changes in the Saturday blowout were to get guys off their feet because they didn't really need to keep playing their best guys um, versus on Sunday night's game and on Thursday afternoon's game were to kind of get the best defensive alignment out there. But Adoles Garcia started the game on Sunday in center field, which is where he is probably going to continue to play until Leody Tavares gets back healthy, which we're not thinking it should be too long. I think the initial reports, the, the last report that I read said that it, it might be about a week, maybe a couple of weeks before Leody um, is back into the starting lineup or back off the IL, I guess, from opening day. So we'll see how long that actually lasts. Again, oblique injuries are very nebulous and you have to use your oblique for literally everything um, in baseball. There's a lot of turning and twisting, which is what involves your oblique. So I'm not banking on a too quick of a recovery for Leody. Hope he does recover very quickly. But again, you got to pace yourself and pace those expectations. But Adoles Garcia definitely belongs in right field. That is where he is best. And having a guy who is a true center fielder coming in is a good, good thing. Travis Jankowski does a pretty decent job in center field. We saw him come in on Sunday night's game and shift Adoles to right field and Grossman from right to left, which is probably about where I, I think this team should be. Also got to see in Ezekiel Duran start a hit for him in one of his first appearances of the season, his first start of the season. Always good to see that in a deep, deep lineup as well as um, a well-managed bullpen, which is just so freaking exciting. But you look at this lineup, and up and down it is so incredibly deep. That is one of the things that I was most excited about this team heading into the season, especially with, again, the addition of Robbie Grossman, just having another adult in the room who is going to be a primary left fielder and just have good at-bats. So far, Robbie Grossman has had fantastic at-bats. He's only struck out a pair of times and has walked once, has a home run, and a double is hitting 444 with a 1343 OPS. You go down the lineup and you look at the OPSs for every single starter, and they're all over at least 700. I mean, the lowest one in the lineup right now is Jonah Heim at 714. And the second lowest is the reigning AL silver slugger in Nathaniel Lowe, who is hitting 308 and an on base of 357. He doesn't have his first home run of the year yet, but I'm, I'm sure that will come in no time because again, it's Nathaniel Lowe and he's a really freaking good hitter. But the depth of this lineup is just absolutely phenomenal. Marcus Simeon getting off to a hot start, I think is a big, big deal for this Texas Rangers team. He's hitting 357. He's got an uh, OPS over 900. Seager is absolutely stinging the crap out of baseball. Still does not have his first extra base hit, but has been constantly on the top of the leaderboard for the hardest hits balls for these Texas Rangers. They just always end up being singles. 112 miles an hour um, to lead the Texas Rangers. The hardest hit ball on Sunday night's game. Um, also had the furthest distance ball um, at 392 feet at 112 miles an hour off the bat. Off the bat. And of course, was a freaking singer single because that is what Seeger is doing at this moment. But those extra base hits are going to come. He absolutely crushes it in globe life field. And he is walking at an elite rate as well with an on base of 467 through 15 plate appearances this season, three walks to just two strikeouts. That is the Corey Seager Rangers fans know and love and that the Texas Rangers expected when they signed him to that big old deal. But even Brad Miller coming up and putting up 
big, big numbers, um, a opposite field shot for a two run homer. And just every single Ranger in this lineup is competing and putting together good at bats. And even if they're not getting the results, they are putting together competitive at bats, letting the other batters see pitches and figure out these pitchers so that if they are not able to come up, then their teammates behind them will be able to come up big and have better chances against their opponents, which they're going to have in this uh, Orioles pitching staff. They are facing off against uh, Kyle Bradish on Monday, Tyler Wells on Tuesday, and then Kyle Gibson, former Ranger great, former Ranger all-star, on the Wednesday afternoon finale, um, which will be Jacob deGrom's second start with the Texas Rangers. But this is a team who I said in last week's crossover with Locked on Phillies. Um, shouts to Locked on Phillies. They are uh, they are going through it right now, and uh, Connor has my utmost respect, um, as does the other Connor, Connor Newcomb, who... Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get a crossover in before this series, who is the host of Locked On Orioles. Um, but I talked about this Rangers team needing to start fast because they really, really do. And starting off with a sweep is a great way to start. But this first month is full of teams that the Rangers can take advantage of. The Orioles are one of the tougher opponents that the Rangers have for this month of April. They have a series in Houston um, in the middle of the month, and they end the, ser- the month with a four-game series at home against the Yankees. But other than that, this is a lot of beatable teams on the schedule. The Rangers, after this series against uh, the Orioles, they travel to Chicago to play three at the Cubs. Then they come home for three against the Royals. Then they have three the next week after that series against the Astros. They have three on the road against the Royals, then a series against the A's and against the Reds. So this is a lot of beatable opponents. And if the Rangers can take two out of three, start off five and one against these two of their more difficult opponents in the first month, get a little bit of a lead, then they can start to believe that this really is a playoff team. This really is a team that is completely different than last year, despite, um, well, basically just revamping the entire pitching staff and bringing in a Hall of Fame manager and, you know, firing your longest tenured front office manager, uh, your front office member last year. And, you know, other than that, it's basically the same exact team, but it feels very, very different. And this first series is any indication this is a team that knows it needs to start off quick and win from day one because this is like put up or shut up time. (laughs) The money has been put up. The players have been brought in. The changes have been made in the front office, uh, in the coaching staff, um, and in the player ranks as well. And ownership says this is this is what I demand. When I put up this much money, I want to have a winning baseball team. Right now, the Rangers are an undefeated baseball team, and it's looking like this is absolutely everything that we had hoped for to start the season. Hopefully, this next series against the Orioles can be more of that and less of how the Rangers played against the Royals last year. Just don't give me any one-run losses against this freaking Orioles team because, I swear, last year's series just about killed me should be a different series should be a different season and everything already feels so much different and so much better than last year you could not have asked for a better first three games hopefully the next three will be just as good if not better give me more 16 run outings by this texas rangers offense and uh maybe a little bit better starting pitching than we've seen so far um, outside of martin perez but that's going to do it for this edition of locked on rangers thank y'all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every day now for your second listen go check out locked on fantasy baseball win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies find locked on fantasy baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day thank y'all so much for listening and until next time
don't forget to enjoy undefeated Texas Rangers baseball.